Whether you're at the beginning of your property journey, looking to enter the market, or a seasoned professional seeking new strategies and insights, this podcast is your one-stop resource for all things property investment. Welcome to the Property Investors Network podcast. Let's embark on this exciting journey together and make your property investment dreams a reality. Hello, and it's great to be joining you here. My name is Mark Fitzgerald, and I am going to talk about how you can find good serviced accommodation deals in your area. I've been to a lot of PIN meetings in January, and a lot of people have asked the same question, and a lot of people are stuck as well. Serviced accommodation has been a growing strategy over the last few years. Obviously, after COVID, it became very, very popular. The staycation boom is still booming as well, and there are plenty of opportunities out there for us to maximize our profits and our properties for serviced accommodation. Fundamentally, there's four different ways you can do serviced accommodation. One is rent to rent, which is a very popular rent to SA, which is where you basically take on a landlord's property. You offer them a guaranteed rent and you then manage the property and use it for short term rentals. There are some caveats to that. You have to watch the leases on the properties. You have to make sure that you're allowed to do short term rentals, serviced accommodation, Airbnb, all of that sort of jargon with those properties. But if you can check that out, that can be great. The second one is actually managing it yourself. So very much like a letting agent, you can manage these properties uh, and you can take a set fee each and every month. Of course, you can convert any properties that you may have yourself and turn those into serviced accommodation deals if you like. Or you can look to do joint ventures, teaming up with people. Maybe they've got the property Maybe you go in there and you manage it on their behalf. So there are four good ways of doing serviced accommodation deals. But really what I do say to a lot of people is you really want to look at the marketplace. You want to look at the type of clients, the type of people that you want to have staying in your serviced accommodations, because that can be very, very important. When you're actually marketing your properties and you're looking for your clients, if you've built up a sort of a client avatar to say, I'm looking for you know, uh, commercial clients, uh, you know, corporate clients. I want contractors. I want, um, you know, nurses and doctors, NHS staff. Are you looking at serving, you know, the the forces or anything like that? Do you want to have families in there? Do you want to have couples in there? All of those sort of things. It's to niche down. Now, that's not just to say that I'm doing contractors so nobody else apart from contractors or business people can stay in my properties. But it does help you when you are niching down to really, really find it. And that's where a lot of people in the very, very beginning go wrong. They try and just cater for everybody and they don't really hit anything on the on the head. You know, I speak to a lot of interior designers as well. And if you know the market that you're you're searching for, you can build that experience into your service accommodation units as well. So it's something to really think about at the beginning. And also you want to just be utilizing the data that's out there, you know, analyzing your competitors. So really dig deep. Don't just look at people's pictures, at people's, you know, nightly rates and things. Really dig into what they're trying to do. What are they trying to get out of their property? You know, who who do you think they're catering for? And do you think they've hit it on the head? You know, read the descriptions and things like that. Research your local areas as well. The areas that you want to do serviced accommodation in. 
go around and talk to the local shopkeepers and see what sort of shops and stuff are there, the local people in the area as well, and just see for yourself what you are seeing happening right there and then. Equally to that, look for the nearest hotels as well. Go to those hotels and visit them in the day, visit them at night. Now, they may be very quiet in the day, but at nighttime, you should really get a feel for the types of people staying there. Is the car park full of cars or is it full of vans? You know, is it all contractors or is it people coming to stay in that location, visiting uh, people and things like that? Go and have a coffee, go and have a brew or something like that in the foyer, you know, and see the sort of people that are there. Are they eating? Are they, are they people on their own? Just get a real good feel for it. I always say be the property professional that you want to be when it comes to doing any of these strategies. OK, and of course, you can use um or utilize, should I say, online resources like AirDNA to see nightly rates and things and get data. And there's all sorts of great stuff that you can do there. Also, another good thing to be doing is to making sure that you're getting out there and you're networking with people. So you are talking to people who are in the industry. Don't look at your competitors and get jealous or, or, or think that you're, you're a step behind just because maybe they've got some deals and things. Trust me, if you when you start to build your service accommodation business only have, you know, five properties or less, you need to have some good competitors or some good um, people, partners, if you like, that you can work with. Why? Because chances are at some point you're going to get overbooking or chances are you are going to not have or, or be able to facilitate somebody for their accommodation needs. Now, if you have somebody who you could say, you know, I'm not going to do this all the time, but I've got an overbooking here. Can you accommodate it? And you know that they do a good job. You know that they're um, going to look after that client. So you're not sending somebody just anywhere and it can work well for them. Then that can be a real win for you. So that is something that you really want to have a little look at uh, and take notice of. And of course, see what they're doing, ask them questions and get to know them as well. Because if you go up to anybody who's got a serviced accommodation business and you say to them, listen, I've got a couple of properties myself, but if I get overbooked or I have a problem, uh, am I all right to contact you to see if uh, we can put them in your property? Maybe I take a little bit of a slice of the fee and the rest goes to you because it's come through me or whatever. Try and make it a win-win for everybody. And nobody's going to say no to you if unless they're mad or unless they have not got enough capacity themselves. So as I say, make sure you're getting out there and researching your local areas. You're doing your competitor analysis. You're seeing the sort of people that you want to work with and the sort of clientele that they're putting in there. Then you can really start to target, you know, the audience that you want to be putting in there, the audience that you want to be speaking to once you start going live with your properties. OK, um, the other thing is, of course, is to then get your marketing going. So you need to start making sure that you are marketing. So that could be flyers, that could be leaflets, that could be letters. OK, but start targeting areas, start targeting landlords as well. And also the HMO register, which is openly available. A lot of those landlords may have single lets as well. So it is worth just asking them if they do have any single lets that they're struggling with because the cost of interest rates and everything is crippling. Can we come in there and can we help and support you? So it's a good way of getting out there, but you've got to get out there and you've got to speak to a lot of people. The more people you speak to, the more opportunities you will find, the more you'll be able to target, you know, different elements and different areas. And of course, as I said before, if you know the target market that you're going for, then when you get on social media, 
or you want to run any ads or anything like that, you are being specific rather than generic and just trying to hope that somebody comes in. So a lot of people now uh, that are doing this very professionally will look to add an experience to their properties. And you can just do that with wallpaper, with the decor of the property. A lot of people now want to stay somewhere because they want that emotion. They want to feel that they're in somewhere very special. They want that Instagram selfie with that, you know, mosaic wallpaper in the background or crazy colors and stuff. Now, not everybody, but some people will. And that will attract those sort of people to be staying in your property. And sometimes you can charge a premium for that. Okay. So that's another thing that you want to be looking at. Whereas if it's contractors that really just want to get their head down, don't want to worry about anything, just want to get their head down, go to sleep, maybe, you know, have some facilities to be able to make a brew and cook if they want to and stuff like that. Then it's just keep it nice, keep it fresh, keep it looking modern, but you don't have to go all out on those. The next thing is management companies. So you've got your letting agents. Okay. So there's a lot of letting agents out there at the moment who will be seeing landlords that are worried because there's a lot of landlords out there at the moment that are worried. So don't be afraid to go and speak to letting agents. Now, the caveat to that is try and speak to independent letting agents more than the big high street brands. The big high street brands have it covered. They won't really want to work with you. There's probably so much red tape for them to go through to actually work with somebody like you anyway, that it's not worth it. So they're not even going to be really looking at it. That's not to say don't talk to them. Of course you can, but you're going to get more uh, results or better results, should I say, from the lower hanging fruit, which will be your independent letting agents. Now, you might meet those guys, guys and girls at, at um, networking events uh, when they start talking about, you know, I'm a local letting agent. I've got a lettings business. Go over and just start chatting to them. Don't go over and sell to them. Oh, we can do this. We can do that. But go over and just start talking to them about any problems that they might be having. How's it going at the moment? Oh, the market's really booming, the market. Have you got any landlords at the moment that are worried about the interest rates or having to remortgage and potentially their buy-to-lets aren't gonna make them a lot of money? I do this all the time with the independent ones. Uh, and I basically say, well, we can come in and we could look after them. We could manage them on a short-term rental. You still get your 10% fee, which will incorporate into that. Uh, into the costs, um, we get 20% on all profit that we make, and the landlord should be able to make more money. Now, if you can actually show them that, you know, your occupancies, and be realistic, don't fudge all the figures, of this is what they could earn. But not only that, the other benefits of that, of course, are that we will maintain the property and look after it to the highest standard. It's not like it's a buy-to-let where somebody's going to go in there, somebody's going to, you know, run the place down. It might need painting, it might need decorating, or worse, after 12 months, um, it will be kept at a high standard, which also means that the capital growth that will potentially and does always come with property will be there for them. So it's a win, win, win from every angle for them. So that is really uh, a way that you can start getting, you know, agents or letting agents to start just bringing you deals. Of course, there's deal sources as well. Just do your due diligence as well. Don't rely on any deals coming your way that you don't go out there and do your own market research. So you need to start getting good at your own market research. And the only way you're going to get good at it is if you start practicing. So practice, 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 practice stacking deals, practice looking at your areas, practice all of this. And the more you do it, the easier it will become for you. Okay. 
So those are some of those simple ways that you can just get out there and you can start looking at trying to attract and get deals. Of course, you really want to be look, making yourself look professional. So you want to have a landing page. You could have a business page as well on, on Facebook groups. And the other thing, and the last top tip actually that I'll leave you with as well is a lot of the time we go and do all of this, yet we never actually tell our friends or our family what we're doing to the extent that they say, oh, do you know what, Jim, I work with Jim, he's got some bite-to-lets, he's been moaning about interest rates and everything. You want to make sure that you're telling everybody what you do and how you can help, okay? Don't be generic, just have a pitch to say, who do you know who potentially needs help with any properties, any properties that they've got? Now, whether we can help them or not is a different matter. But if we can help them, we will try our best to help them. And potentially you may even know family members, close friends, even distant friends, but you've already built up the know, like and trust and you can go in there and you can support them. So make sure that everybody knows what you're trying to achieve or what you're trying to do in your property business. And of course, that is for serviced accommodation. That is about getting out there, building up the essay. I say I could do a, another half hour a session on that. But at the end of the day, just start looking at those small little criterias, start working your way through those, start building the systems into your business so that you can make sure that this happens no matter what. And then when you start to get traction and you start to get deals, what gets you those deals continues. I always say build a property as a business, not a hobby. It's a business. It needs systems. It needs processes and it needs things that can also happen without you there and without you working in the background, so to speak. Let that work for you in the background while you're out there being the face of your business and building it. Hope this episode's helped you. If you need any help and support, then do reach out to PIN. Of course, visit the um, PIN Further Learning. We always have some training there. We have serviced accommodation webinars. We have all sorts of webinars on different training. Make sure you book onto your local PIN meeting. They've been brilliant so far. So if you have enjoyed January, make sure you're booked on for February. And if your PIN meeting still hasn't been uh, and it, you're getting ready for it, I look forward to you enjoying it because you will enjoy it. So make sure that you turn up, you're ready for action and you're ready to have a really inspiring night because that's what they're all about. So all that leaves me to say is you have a fantastic weekend and I will catch you all very soon. Take care and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Property Investors Network podcast. Remember, investing in property is not just about numbers and profits, but also about building communities and creating a lasting impact. You can do this by checking out our website at pinfurtherlearning.co.uk. And of course, look to book onto your local Property Investors Networking event. We are here to help and support you every step of the way, and I look forward to you joining me very soon. Bye for now.